final episode this weekend, and if you're wondering who's going to die, my guess is HBO? I get it. The loss of that popular franchise will affect their future. All right. <laughs> so, uh, listen, I don't know if you've noticed this, but uh, immigration is in the news. Oh, you know what? Before we get to that. Coming up, nine things that are now more popular than pitiful CNN. <laughs> that sounds delightful. It is. Oh, it is delightful. Uh, where was I? Ah, yes, immigration is in the news lately. Perhaps you've noticed that. And uh, my thesis is that there is such dishonesty in the discussion fed by activists through the media that we, the people, now have a wildly distorted idea of who thinks what. Now, some of you don't care. You just think what you think and you stick with your beliefs. And I absolutely respect that. But I think you'll be interested to know what the American people actually think about these issues. Before we get to that, I want to briefly touch on a couple of things. Just got this email from Sheila. And Sheila, you know how when you opened your email account um, and typed in who you were and stuff like that? I think there's a typo because your name is Shelia in your... Uh, so it's either Shelia or Sheila. I'm thinking it's Sheila. Anyway. Uh, She says, one thing I disagree with rather strongly, and then a couple of things that I think are absolutely excellent points. Uh, Regarding immigration based on merit, a.k.a. highly skilled workers, um, you know, uh, that overstates it. I don't think they need to be highly skilled. I just think they need to demonstrate that they have some work skills other than just labor. Uh, But Sheila says it's contradictory to what our country stands for. We were built on welcoming the huddled masses who are not highly educated. And she gives uh, a couple of examples, including her own father, who is a uh, Holocaust survivor, barely knew English, um, and some other examples, which are absolutely fabulous. My gripe with you, Sheila, or my quibble, is that at every single point, well, that what we're doing now is absolutely uh, in line with what our country stands for. At every single point in our history, we have taken immigrants uh, that we need. We needed vast crowds of unskilled labor in the pre-industrial and then during the uh, industrial revolution time and uh, manufacture the manufacturing heyday of america we needed unskilled labor that's what we let in because that's what we needed and you had to and and the whole huddled masses thing that is a poem at the base of a statue it's a poem written by emma lazarus lazarus we a couple of weeks ago and i should have kept it around because it's it's so good there was the major speech, the main, the keynote speech at the dedication of the Statue of Liberty made it absolutely clear that the immigrant was allowed in to benefit the United States. It was not a welfare program for the rest of the globe. It was to benefit this country. So with all due respect to that lovely poem, that's not national policy, and it's certainly not national policy, you know, century later and centuries to come. Um, But then Sheila does point out, and I think she's absolutely right, that a lot of the uh, highly skilled labor that's being imported um, goes uh, to to tech firms and has flooded the information technology market. And we've received emails, texts, calls from many, many, many American engineers and tech people uh, who are uh, pushed aside in the favor in favor of cheaper, often Indian people. the tech workers who will work god awful hours for very low pay. And so, you know, that that I don't like that practice. And 
and tech companies will really fudge and and mislead and and do things that are not ethical to try to say, oh no no, we don't do that. We we're desperate for, but no, we've talked to the very people who've been uh, pushed aside. So we have I, we I have, do have sympathy for that. We have fudge here. Is that what you were saying? Well, no, nope, Sean. I'm going to ask you to pay ah! closer attention to the show, uh, if you would, please. So that's no fudge. And then she said, uh, we need unskilled workers too. These people mow your lawns, chop your vegetables in the back of your kitchen, clean your office buildings. Uh, you know what, Sheila? There is some truth to that. And what you are calling for is an honest and open discussion of what this country needs from its immigrants, which is exactly what I'm advocating. So we we can have that conversation. And if I say. Well, okay, uh, we certainly don't need any illegal immigrants to do that because it's flouting the law. It's it's flooding our, our schools and our hospitals, et cetera. We can come up with a coherent immigration policy, like I've said 27 times, and I will say it 27 more probably per week until they yank me off the air. If you assembled 15 Americans randomly selected, we could have comprehensive immigration reform in 48 hours. Absolutely. Common sense, reasonable people who are not motivated by hatred or or anything else and and the 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 saps in the room the dreamers who just can't process logic all they know is compassion and kindness but they're not an adult they don't understand that adults have to make hard decisions they would be they would be insignificant and we would get rid of them and if there are any racists in the room they would not have uh, enough sway and i swear to you give 15 randomly selected americans 48 hours we could solve it but the politicians won't. All right, moving along to what I promised. The Gallup information on what Americans think about immigration goes so completely against the grain of what you think Americans think from the media. And I mean all the media, not just the broadcast media, the big newspapers, websites, whatever. Um, should immigration be kept at its present level, increased or decreased? Uh, the crowd that says decreased is uh, 31%. The same is the, the, the 37%. Um, increase is 30%. So it's not far off a third, a third, a third, which is absolutely a two-inch putt in honor of the PGA Championship going on right now. It is a two-inch putt to reach a compromise if you have a group divided a third, a third, a third. The answer is obvious. We talk about, we keep it the same. We say to the decreased people, what do you want to see a decrease in? Well, criminals and MS-13 members, probably. Why don't we start there? And the increased people will say, well, sure, yeah. I said, God, that makes sense, of course. And then the decreased people will say, what kind of increase are you looking for? And they're saying, well, legitimate refugees and people who have skills that we need as a country and like law-abiding, smart, kind, decent people. And the decreased people will say, well, sure, that's fine with me. Okay, I'm telling you, 48 hours. Moving along. I'm going to read a list of problems facing this country. You know, another thing we should have kept around positive, Sean, is that whole manufactured crisis. It's a manufactured, manufactured crisis tapes that we had earlier. I don't know, you're great at finding stuff, but see if you can. This is the Gallup poll of many, 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 many Americans. Um, and this is just a couple of months ago. This answer comes from uh, list of problems facing the country. Do they worry you a great deal, a fair amount, a little or not at all? How much do you personally worry about illegal immigration? A great deal or a fair amount? 54%. A little? 
add another 24%. So you're at 78% of people worry about illegal immigration. Some of them just a little, but they're thinking about it. The crowd that doesn't worry about it at all or thinks it's fine and dandy, 21%. One-fifth of Americans have the same point of view as most of the mainstream media. Isn't that striking? Moving along. Manufactured crisis. Manufactured crisis. Manufactured crisis. I'm going to read you a list of possible threats to the vital interests of the United States in the next 10 years. Threats to the vital interests of our country. Tell me, is this a critical threat? An important but not critical threat? Or not an important threat? Counterfeit sports t-shirts. Counterfeit sports t-shirts. Survey says... I almost, almost bought one the other day. Went to a baseball game. I was actually... I really liked the... Uh, my son, the... Uh, the absolutely fabulous, fabulous young man who is my son, who is a musician and a songwriter and a thinker and a worker and a lot of other things. Uh, he calls me the world's most conservative hippie. Okay. <laughs> and there's some accuracy to that. I wanted to get the, the tie-dye colored hat of my favorite baseball team, which happens to be the San Francisco Giants. Grew up a Cubs fan. I've lived on the West Coast forever, so I'm kind of into the Giants. But anyway... Uh, uh, back to, uh, where was I? Ah, yes. Yeah, God. Attention span of a flea, I'm telling you. I blame the internet! See, and it's all those damn apps. Am I wrong? No, I'm not. Okay, is this a critical threat, an important, but not critical threat, or not a threat at all? The large numbers of undocumented immigrants entering the United States, just under 50% say it's a critical threat. 47%. 30% say it's an important threat. 77% of Americans say it's a critical or important threat, the large number of undocumented immigrants entering the United States. 77% manufactured crisis. It's a manufactured racism. The forces of anti-immigration. They're anti-immigrant. People who are anti-immigrant. 77% of people are quote-unquote anti-immigrant, according to Gallup. That's because that's a slander perpetrated by the open borders types on anybody who wants any coherence in immigration policy, and they slander you to scare you and to get you to shut up. Well, listen, you got friends, not only here at the Armstrong and Getty Show, and probably a lot of people in your, your personal life, but... Almost 80% of your fellow countrymen agree with you. And they're trying to portray you as a racist. You're not. Armstrong and Getty. Available right now via the iHeart app and iTunes. Our two new podcasts. Armstrong and Getty, one more thing. That's our daily after show podcast. And Armstrong and Getty Extra Large featuring our interviews of the most interesting people in the world. Subscribe today via the iHeart app or iTunes. Or wherever podcasts are given away for free. Because we're stupid. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Let's 
Our proposal is pro-American, pro-immigrant, and pro-worker. It's just common sense. I want to just say something about the word that they use, merit. It is really a condescending word. Are they saying family is without merit? Are they saying most of the people who have ever come to the United States in the history of our country are without merit because they don't have an engineering degree? That is exactly what I'm talking about, trying to shame you into not having just a reasonable, logical view of immigration. That's incredible. That was one of the worst, most twisted arguments I've heard in observing politics over my many, many years on Earth. Trying to straighten it out for you. These are Gallup poll numbers. Quite recent Gallup poll. They polled many, many people. I don't have the methodology in front of me, but it was a huge poll. Um, people's attitudes about immigration. If you're just tuning in, we shared with you that 77% of Americans, just under 80%, consider um, il- the num- large numbers of undocumented immigrants entering the United States. I use that term because that's the term in the question. Um, 77% of Americans considered it an, a critical or important threat. 77%. And you hear over and over again that anybody with any concerns is a racist. You know who I admire is is people who believe we should let in an unlimited number of Honduran uh, immigrants and actually spend all their time and energy and money uh, in charities to care for those people. Those people I admire because they have convictions and they live them. People who just say, we should, yeah, we absolutely should, and the government should take people's tax money by force and give it to those people and support them. And then they try to take moral credit for their quote-unquote generosity. That's the opposite of generosity. You people I have no use for. Moving along. Uh, let's see. Uh, please tell me whether you strongly favor, favor, oppose, or strongly oppose each of the following proposals. Uh, deporting all immigrants who are living in the United States illegally back to their home country. Uh, we've heard about this. We've heard about the, this from the media again, how, how Republicans want to round everybody up and, and uh, have a giant police state and sweep through our cities and the rest of it. Uh, let's see. There are 37% of people who are in favor of deporting all immigrants living in the United States. All, uh, illegally. I'm sorry, illegal. Um, that'll never happen, folks. Just don't just stop it. It's not going to happen. I mean, if you're using it as a bargaining chip, I get it. But um, what that would look like would be absolutely horrific. It will never happen. I tell you that as a friend. It's about 61% who oppose that idea. So it's 61 to 37. Eh, almost two-thirds, one-third. Um, it, it it would be a, a law enforcement slash military action that we just we don't do that around here. Um, it's logistically impossible. It's like slave reparations. Even if you think it's a good idea, it's logistically impossible. Allowing immigrants living in the U.S. illegally the chance to become citizens if they may meet certain requirements over a period of time. Oh, this is uh, this is something nobody would be in favor of, according to the media, uh, or at least on the conservative side. No, it's eighty-four uh, percent of people favor that. Eighty-four percent of people say, "Sure, I'm down with a path to citizenship." Um, 84%, you know, maybe there's a bit of devil in the details of what exactly they have to do, but this is back to my theme, 15 randomly selected Americans, 
Give us 48 hours. We'll solve comprehensive immigration reform in a way that doesn't thrill everybody, but makes everybody reasonably happy. It would be easy. Uh, Do you strongly favor, favor, oppose, or strongly oppose uh, the following? Hiring significantly more Border Patrol agents. 75% of people favor it. Just 24% um, uh, oppose it. Three to one. Got to hire more border border patrol agents. There's almost almost every single one of these questions, by the way, there's 1% that says no opinion. I'm thinking it's the same guy. What do you think of illegals living in the country? Nah, I don't know. More border patrol agents? Nah, maybe. I don't know. You think we ought to deport people? Hard to say. You got to hang up on that guy. Ask somebody with some opinions. Let's see. Do we have time for one more? Yeah. In your view, should legal immigration be kept at its present level, increased or decreased? Oh, we talked about this. It's about a third, a third, a third. Um, it's uh, the plurality is at the present level. Smaller numbers increase. Smaller number still says decreased. I'm telling you, there is so much agreement on immigration in this country. So much agreement. And everybody on all sides is willing to be reasonable except the politicians. Coming up next half hour, I promise I will pay this off. And there's more on the immigration thing, but nine things that are now more popular than pitiful CNN. Marshall, uh, what are our headlines? Iran turning up the heat with a new warning for the U.S. We've got a new sex abuse scandal at a major university. Uh And the SAT test to be more inclusive with an adversity score. Oh, the adversity score. Yeah, that's a big story. Stay tuned. Next. One more stat before we get into the news with Marshall. How many times have you heard the term anti-immigrant? Anybody who wants any reasonable reform of immigration policies. All the time. Gallup poll. Do you think legal immigration is a good thing or bad thing for this country today? Good thing. 84% of people. 84%. And yet, there are 77% of people who believe that large numbers of illegal immigrants are a critical or serious threat. How can those two things be true, Nancy? Nancy Pelosi. You've got near 80% of people saying, yeah, this is a serious problem we need to deal with. Really? All those people are anti-immigrant. Wait a minute. 84% say immigration is a good thing. I I think you're a liar. And you slander good people who just want good policy. Marshall Phillips has our news, Marsh. Well, we got an official with Iran's powerful Revolutionary Guard trying to stoke the tension with the United States, warning now that Iranian missiles can, quote, easily reach warships in the Persian Gulf and elsewhere in the Middle East. Uh, a point of order, my Iranian friend. Wait till you see what our warships missiles can hit. Please. President Trump running a maximum pressure campaign on Tehran over its nuclear program and other activities he says are destabilizing the region. But when he was asked by a reporter at the White House... Mr. President, are we going to war with Iran? I hope not. I hope not. A day earlier, Trump... Me too. A day earlier, Trump had uh, repeated a desire for dialogue with the Islamic Republic. He was tweeting out, I'm sure that Iran will want to talk soon. It, it seems as though cooler heads are prevailing and, and everybody's working through what's really happening and if those missiles on the boats are 
actually what we thought they were right. and the rest of it. So, uh, yeah, I think everybody muscled up to each other and everybody realized none of us wants to fight. So we'll see where it ends. And the administration is sending their top security, national security officials, to brief Congress on the escalating tension. They've agreed to multiple meetings intended to head off to the growing frustration with the president and his senior advisors. Uh, Dan Coats. The director of national intelligence, among those who already met privately with the gang of eight, that includes the top Republicans and Democrats in the Senate and the House and the heads of each chamber's intel committees. There we go. Everything's going to be fine, folks. And that session's going to be followed up on Tuesday with separate briefings for all the members of the House and Senate. So everybody will get briefed. Marshall, for instance, we're going to talk about nine things that are now more popular than pitiful CNN. Yes. You can probably tell the answer by the headline. Do you think it's more popular to watch CNN or to become a prostitute? Oh, I think probably to become a prostitute. You're right. Are we talking worldwide? Or? You're right. In the United States. Yeah. In- uh, so uh, more things that are more popular than CNN coming up. All right. On another matter, investigators are now saying at least 177 male students were sexually abused by an Ohio State University team doctor who died in 2005. The university released findings from a law firm that investigated claims about Richard Strauss for the school. The report concludes that university personnel at the time knew about the complaints, knew about the concerns about Strauss's conduct as early as 1979, but failed to investigate or act meaningfully. Unbelievable. I think it has a lot to do with the iron law of bureaucracy over time. A bureaucracy is formed for a particular purpose, but bit by bit, the people in it grow to work to protect the bureaucracy yep. instead of to accomplish their mission. That's a good example. How can you not? I mean, you got hundreds of people being sexually molested, men and women. But, you know, you don't want to damage the reputation of the university. They stopped working toward their purpose and started to work to protect the bureaucracy. It's sickening. Yeah, the claims ran from 1979 to 1997, and Strauss killed himself in 2005. Good. Oh, he had an F-16 crash at March, a reserve Air Force base in Southern California Thursday afternoon, hit a warehouse located right by the runway. The plane was attempting to land at uh, March in Riverside. About a half dozen people inside the warehouse when it crashed into the roof. Dan Garcia saw the jet come down. Speck came out of the top of it right over the freeway. I assume that was the pilot ejecting, and and it it hit. The pilot safely ejected from the plane before it crashed. A number of people were taken to the hospital with minor injuries. Thank God everyone's all right. Yeah, everybody's okay, but wow. The group that oversees the SAT will start applying what's called an adversity score which will reflect the social and economic background of each student taking the test. Now, David Coleman, he's the CEO of the college board that administers the SAT, explains that this uh, adversity score will assign each student the score from 1 to 100, taking into account 15 facts about the student's environment and how he grew up, like school quality along with the crime and poverty levels in their neighborhood, what neighborhood that might have been, a number of environmental factors will start being uh, put into the score. Col- Judge, uh, go ahead. You got more I'm just going to say college and universities will be able to see the scores when they review the application, but not the kids. No, you n- will never know what your score is, which is flaw number one in this. A lot of you are more fired up about this than I am. Uh, uh, judging by the email and some of the headlines I'm seeing, I-, I think it's a bad idea 
In fact, I know it's a bad idea. I understand the impulse, and I have sympathy toward it because I really, really admire people who come out of tough circumstances and and have such guts and determination and smarts that they make themselves good lives. I mean, that's what this country is all about, and and I'm all about helping those people. The problem is that this is now in the hands of these pie in the sky, you know, hyper progressive bureaucrats, and you know they are going to try to tilt the playing field. They're going to use this information poorly. It's going to become, in effect, affirmative action, and you'll have a situation where somebody who is smart, hardworking, brilliant, yeah. uh, creative, kind will be shoved aside for somebody that they think came from a bad high school. And it just, every time the utopians try to handpick who has to follow what rules and who doesn't it goes sideways it just doesn't work isn't Stop it isn't there a trend growing though among some colleges and universities not to even bother with the sat scores and things like that and, right. and, and rely more on personal interviews right yeah yeah i'm not sure i like that either but and and the other thing is this obsession that you've got to get into an Ivy League college or whatever. Right. If you come from the crappy high school and your grades weren't quite as good and you're in a rough neighborhood and whatever, you have lots and lots of opportunities to go to college. Lots of them. And and if you want to go for a couple of years, get good grades, prove your stuff, then transfer somewhere, quote-unquote, more auspicious, great, go ahead and do it. There's nothing holding you back. Golden State Warriors beat the Trailblazers 114 to 111. Golden State leading two games to nothing in their series. And the Bucks are going to be hosting the Raptors. Hey, That's uh, gonna... Before you get to the Bucks and Raptors, yes. anybody who can get us and substantiate it, what Seth Curry said to Steph Curry on the free throw line. I've got some early reports of what 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 it might have been. So Steph Curry was on a, a free throw streak as, right. as a great shooter would. Uh, I believe He's he was made shooting like 76 of. Of eighty or seventy six to seventy nine, something like that. So yeah. he was at the at the start of yeah. three free throws. He was shooting. He yes. made one. Seth comes over and says, "That's seventy in a row." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's such a great brother thing to do. And then, oh. and then apparently Steph responded with, "It's about to be seventy three," and makes the next two. Nice. <laughs> Oh, my God. Straight from their driveway as kids to the NBA, the Western Conference Finals. Hey, hey that's 70. Yeah. That's a lot in a row, you know. Yeah, that's beautiful. Fox hosted the Raptors tonight. That'll be in Game 2 of the East Finals. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips in the Armstrong and Getty Show. That is the conscience of the nation. Thank you, Squawky. Thank you, Marshall. Coming up, I swear I'll pay it off. The nine things that are now more popular than pitiful CNN. Don't miss it. a palpable lack of excitement in the streets of New York. Three quarters of New Yorkers <laughs> don't want him to run. One of the big problems with Bill de Blasio is he is not showing up to work. He comes in late. He doesn't come in at all. He seems utterly disinterested in the job of running America's largest big city. Again, this is somebody who has been underwater often in the polls in a city that's six to one Democrat. I don't have any friends who are excited about Bill de Blasio for president. That happens to be CNN laughing at the idea of Bill de Blasio running for president. Um, and that's, you know, it's about the correct reaction. Um, I listened to CNN, a simulcast of it, 
when I'm driving pretty regularly. Why, you might ask? Because I think they're terrible at their jobs. Just terrible. They cover a lot of stories that we're going to talk about. And I like to hear the point of view and the latest developments and stuff like that. CNN, of course, was the, the first real uh, 24-hour cable news network, right? Um, I think it was. It might as well have been. Back during the Iraq War days, I remember, in 03, um, the Scud missiles and, and what's his name, the Scud stud, and, and, and you know, it, was, it was, became a household name. Well, here are nine things that are now more popular than pitiful CNN, which has fallen in very hard times um, and deserves it. It was reported this week that CNN lost 26% of its audience, down 237,000 viewers since April of last year. It is down nearly 40% from its 2016 peak. Wow. According to Wikipedia, the population of prostitutes in the U.S. is larger than the population of CNN viewers. Which is uh, somewhere in the 700,000s, I think, these days. Um, so more hookers than CNN viewers. Across all cable networks, CNN now ranks 15th behind Home and Garden TV, which is 4th. The Hallmark Channel, 9th. Uh, it's number one in my house. My <laughs> wife looks, likes those hard Hallmark Channel movies. I, you know, I, I watch golf on TV, which is difficult to defend, so I can't really, you know, but uh, boy, it's a head scratcher. The day she decided. <laughs> and it's there's they've got like three plots and they just alternate in different settings one of them is he seemed nice but turns out he's a serial killer well last night last night it was or yesterday afternoon this gal was pretending to be a princess and she falls in love with the prince and he falls in love with her but then he finds out the truth and he feels betrayed and well i don't need to know tell you what happens i didn't see what happened but i know what happens you can guess what happens but anyway, again, I watch golf on TV. Who am I? Sounds like a real lack of dragons on that channel. CNN agreed. Also a ranks behind the Food Network, which I get because it's very entertaining. The 237 viewers CNN has shed over just last year is more than the populations of Richmond, Virginia, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, or Des Moines, Iowa. As someone who eats almost exclusively microwave or frozen section foods yes i do find it hilarious that i'll watch the food channel and criticize somebody's dessert that they're making for the final you right. idiot you can't right. pay her so you... right <laughs> meanwhile i'm eating it's my mushy it's mushy my fourth bowl of cereal of the day cnn's <laughs> remaining viewers could all comfortably fit in jefferson county kentucky current population seven hundred and seventy-one thousand. their current ratings are lower than those for failed tv shows like tbs's wrecked which was canceled after three seasons the bottom-rated show on broadcast TV this week, CW's The 100, had 901,000 viewers, which is 134,000 more than CNN. Oh, jeez. More people tuned in for the 2018 Little League Baseball World Series than to watch CNN prattle on about impeachment all day long. There are more real estate agents in the U.S. than CNN viewers, and many, many more people work at Walmart, 1.5 million, than watch CNN. One respected survey suggests there could be twice as many witches and pagans in the United States as there are CNN viewers. To be fair, it's very hard to get an accurate count of that. As they uh, are prone to vanishing. Yes. <laughs> flying away on their brooms. Duplication spells and whatnot. Uh, I kid, of course. The uh, Wiccan faith is worthy of our respect. But she's a witch! Moving along. <laughs> Americans are more likely to ride a bicycle to work than to watch CNN. According to the report from the Census Bureau... 836,569 Americans over the age of 16 say they ride a bike to work. 
I would like to ride a bike, a bike to work. Uh, ain't happening. It would take me a day and a half. More, more households keep chickens than tune in to CNN's prime time shows. I want a chicken coop. Chickens are more popular than CNN. I would like to keep chickens, too, but that's not happening either. We have rules in my neighborhood. No chickens is one of them. That's a stupid rule. Um, I get it, and it's a voluntary association. Jack would go off on a foot-stomping rant about how he could never live in a place like that. Nobody's making you. But, yeah, we have a, a no-chicken rule. We have plenty of turkeys. So, you know, it renders the chickens. Well, no, it doesn't render them redundant because the turkeys aren't laying delicious eggs I could be eating in my omelet. Someday I will live in the country by the riverside and I will have chickens. You crack an egg from a chicken from your own chicken coop. I am shocked at the difference in color between the eggs that I buy at the store. Yeah, and the flavor, too. I've only had fresh eggs a couple of times, which is kind of pathetic um, because all you need is a chicken. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, they're, they're amazingly delicious. You know, Jack, who is uh, dealing with the family situation today, it's probably what you might guess, and everything's fine as far as we know, but we'll let you know on Monday. Um, He's not here, but he grew up, you know, in in farm country where it was fresh eggs and fresh, unfiltered, straight-out-of-the-cow milk all the time. I mean, like, and then you drink it. I've milked a cow. I don't think I've ever drank the unpasteurized, fresh-from-the-cow milk. Have you ever milked a goat? I don't think so, no. I have, sir. An experience you'll never forget. <laughs> Mostly because you're milking a goat. It was really uh, fairly uh, easy. I had a good feel. They praised me. I had a good feel for it. Because you got to kind of go like index, middle, ring, pinky in sequence. Yeah, you work your way down. You're squeezing the milk out of the teat. You don't want to squeeze it back up into the goat. <laughs> the goat doesn't want it anymore. No. That's why it's got the udder. So, right. Yeah, exactly. But that was fun. That was back in our uh, going to the state fair days to do that again eat all sorts of ill-advised food uh oh speaking of which where, the, where else are you gonna get a fried candy bar <laughs> <laughs> yikes little little d my daughter my 19 year old home from college we uh, we went out to dinner last night we're having uh, my sister and her husband over for steaks tonight and then she heads back uh, thousands of miles away and we won't see her for a very long time but we're having just an absolute hoot while she's home uh she and i are our thing is verbal parrying we will hit upon a topic of disagreement, almost always ridiculous. Although we did argue about the significance of Thomas Jefferson as a, a thinker during the Revolutionary Period, and, and she came at me hard with, with like, recently learned stuff. Right. And I was like, I told her last night at dinner, I said, listen, I can, I can whoop you three ways from Sunday on, you know, on principles and styles and, and and philosophies and the rest of it. But the whole facts thing, nah, I've been out of school too long. <laughs> I got a vague memory. There was something that a guy said. It was the year of... Uh, I can't remember all this stuff. And she can run circles around me on that stuff. But So that's our, our hobby is verbal parrying over some ridiculous disagreement. That's the best. Oh, yeah. It's just that's sharpen the, the sword. Yeah. You know, it's the same way, like young boys kind of roughhousing with each other. Right. It's it's exactly it's strengthening the things for when you actually do need them in a safe environment. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. And and she she told me that she explains our relationship to her friends with two texts that she has saved and shows them. The one sounds terrible, but give me a minute. Um, It's a text from me saying, I'm sorry, you're stupid. 
<laughs> we've been having one of our ridiculous verbal parrying over something utterly laughable. And she said, I demand an apology, a written apology. <laughs> and so I texted her, I'm sorry, you're stupid. <laughs> so that and then she the text I sent her because uh, her favorite animal is a walrus. And I said, Haiti Laney. That's a really strong pick for favorite animal. You know, I agree. It's enormous. It's quirky. It's mustachioed. It's aquatic. What's not to like? Uh, I texted her, hey, Delaney, a vampire walrus would look a lot like a regular walrus. <laughs> that's it. And uh, that's what I texted her. And she had traveled cross country, and she turned her phone back on, and that's what greeted her. And so that's that's our relationship right there. Anyway, oh, man, it's been great fun. But we uh, we tried a new Italian restaurant last night, never been to before. She had a taste for calamari. And... Uh, I've driven by it literally 500 times and never eaten there and probably said 125 times. We should uh, we should try that restaurant. You know what? Should have kept driving. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, should have driven on. I can't stop thinking about a walrus in a Dracula cape. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm going to, back to the food, if I'm going to eat lasagna and and take in that many calories at this point in my life and my weight, it's got to be good. It's got to be really, really good. And I have fattened myself for nothing. (laughs) I demand a written apology. Mark Krikorian, Center for Immigration Studies, next.